Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions Steve Dash, Rinko Lieber. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Wrong and Wronger. Yeah, it's been another two-week gap because James has oven mitts for hands these days. But I am Steve, Caveman Olivas, and he is James Zuckerberg Breakwells, welcoming everybody to Tech Talk. And uh, James, <laughs> I think you can take some questions from the studio audience about all things technological right now. You know, we have never in the history of Wrong and Wronger, had to overcome as many technical <laughs> obstacles as we did today. And shockingly, we didn't give up. I mean, I almost gave up at like 95 different points. So the backstory to this <laughs> is my computer just went kaput the other week. It, uh, it got, well, I, had, I was having a minor sound issue, and the only solution to that was to do a Windows Restore. And when I did a Windows Restore, which is a nice, simple thing, you click three buttons and it does it itself, and it was supposed to save all my files, then it wouldn't even turn on. Then I had to go make a boot disk and just take it back down to factory settings, and it nuked everything on my computer. And I was not real diligent with reinstalling things. So I didn't discover until today when Steve called <laughs> that I, in fact, did not have the program to record this podcast. And I had to go download it. And of course, the new program is an updated version of the old and cheap one I had and looks yeah. nothing like it before. And so I had to learn. I had to learn with Steve on the phone. You know how much pressure that is? I could feel him glaring at me through the telephone. So intense. The point being, I succeeded against his constant criticism and lack of expectations. And here we are. Here oh we are. We made it, Steve. I made it. This is my victory, not yours. You're just there dragging me down. How am I being vilified in this? I waited patiently and dutifully for you to go through like Microsoft tech support or whatever you were going through. And, uh, and you were also going through emotional anguish while all this was going on. So I, there were dizzying highs and staggering lows. It was the best of times and the worst of times. But finally... Here we are on Wrong and Wronger. And James, I could, well, I probably could be happier to have you back, but good to see you again <laughs> after a couple of weeks. How are, uh, how are your, I don't know, your wings? I, so we both have sustained some injuries since, since we last <laughs> talked. It's not only tech problems. It's like body <laughs> problems here. So I had wrist surgery, and yeah. actually I should be back on the road to recovery. There was a bone in there whose only function was to cause me pain. And so they oh. just yanked that sucker out. It is gone. It is in a trash can or an incinerator somewhere. And in theory, within a few months, my wrist will be better than ever. But you, Steve, you had yeah. an operation not from a surgeon, but from no. a plant. Do you want to explain yeah. that one to us? Yeah, and I do appreciate that. Uh, you were the first person I texted, by the way, and apparently this <laughs> has done a great service to the health of your marriage to have yes. like some common buffoon to both mock while I'm going through my pain. <laughs> Oh, I, I ignore text messages from everybody but you because every time I get one, I know you're on the verge of death and it has to be addressed immediately because I can laugh before you die. If I laugh after you die, I'm a jerk. So I got to get there right away when the comedy's fresh. <laughs> well, I appreciate you letting me in on the fact that your wife also 
is uh, is standing witness to my pain. <laughs> so that's, that was delightful. But yes, I had blackberry bushes, or I guess they're vines, not bushes technically, but they tried to rip my face off. And unfortunately, <laughs> I tried to help them rip my face off. So between the two of us, we almost ripped my face off. And I've got the Clifford the Big Red Dog Band-Aid holding my nose together. My wife almost had to send me to the hospital to get my nose stitched up. I think you can see the light in here is not real good. I'm in the small cabin, but I still have cuts all over my cheek and all over my forehead. But the bridge of my nose, that was the problematic one because it bled like a pig. And it was when it happened, we were about three quarters of a mile away from the house through some rough terrain. And I had to gather myself First of all, Mrs. Steve has the empathy of James Breakwell in Ooh. a lot of these situations. <laughs> so I went through the blackberries first, and they tried to rip my face off, and they did rip my hat off and rip my glasses off. And uh, I, I was able to see my glasses, and when I bent down to pick them up, like blood started. It was pouring pretty well. I, I, I would be hyperbolic for comedic effect, but it was a pretty good drip of blood going. So I turned and said to Mrs. Steve... I'm bleeding pretty bad. And she went, yeah. And I said, can you see from where you are? And she said, no. And I said, well, I'm bleeding pretty bad. And she went, okay. <laughs> like all of this, I think, is not Florence Nightingale kind of bedside manner. So I said, well, you got to look at my face. And she said, well, go up someplace flat so I can get through the blackberries and then come up and look. She wears like body armor when she mm -hmm. rides the four-wheelers. And I, I, I wear a, a hat. <laughs> but uh, anyway... She came up and took a look, and she did one of those things where she looked and then went, ooh. <laughs> you know that's what you don't like to hear when you can't technically see what's going on. But uh, she had to pull thorns out of my face, and that video is on Facebook and Twitter if anyone cares to watch. And I took it like a man, James. I do have to say that uh, as burly, hunky, ranch hand kind of cowboy shit goes... I was there, brother. <laughs> you know, I've I've dealt with a lot of berry bushes in my life. Berries are one yeah. of my favorite foods in the world. And yeah, I must yeah, yeah. say that the the thorns on a berry bush are at best a minor annoyance. They are not a life-threatening hazard. So oh, wait, oh I, I walk me, my own, and again, your, your text, you sent it to me, you were in a lot of pain. I'm not entirely sure what you meant. My understanding is you drove into some berry bushes like face first, and when your face went into the berry bushes, rather than just pulling them off your face or going in reverse, yeah. you like <laughs> rev forward at full speed. Is that is that, that the series of events? No, yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Okay. I just yeah. I, I, I was even trying to get it wrong for comedic effect, but I, I couldn't. <laughs> that was exactly what you did. No, I waited until well, first of all, the first time I went through the bushes, and I didn't have gloves, so that's an important part of this story. So the first time I went through the bushes, I had my hat like this. You can't see it, but you will. And I ended up sort of putting a hand in front of my face and bowing my head. And I don't know if you can see how ripped up my arm is, but it almost tore the sleeve of my shirt off. And so I, it ruined my Tesla concert t-shirt, James Breakwell. But anyway, so we went and did our thing where we were headed. And we were going to avoid the blackberries on the way back because there was there's an escape path down the back side of this plateau. But in the spring, 
I guess it rained a lot and washed out the escape path. So we had to come back through the blackberries. So my bright idea was this time, because I don't have gloves, I'm going to take my hat off, cover my fist with it, and then try to use the hat as a glove to like uh, push the blackberry vines out of the way. The problem is you push it out of the way and it's elastic. And so it's like pulling back a slingshot. So as soon as my hat cleared the blackberry vine, they all snapped back and they hit me square in the face. So they, the thorns dug into my face like Velcro. And in my shock and panic, the four-wheelers have a thumb throttle. So my hand tensed up, which pushed the thumb throttle down, and the four-wheeler shot forward, which uh, made the, the blackberry sort of tear my face as I tore out of the blackberries. And I felt like I'd gotten punched. Like, it was disorienting for a good little bit. Because, uh, like, my nose, I'm surprised my eyes didn't get black. I don't know if you've ever been punched in the face, Jay. Oh, you have. Yes, you yes, many times, yes. But um, I don't know if you've ever had your nose broken by getting punched in the face, but your eyes go black. I've had it twice. The nose has been broken twice. We've told those stories on air already. The point is, it felt like that. Like, it wasn't just bloody and torn open, but I couldn't touch it. It was like it ached, like it got punched. But I was glad that I found my glasses. I still, I literally kept a splurch of blood on my phone because I never want to forget that uh, you have to wear safety equipment when you go diving into blackberry bushes. But I ended up getting back to the house, and uh, Mrs. Steve, again, said you have to shower before I dig those thorns out, which I don't know if you've ever showered and tried to dry off with a towel when you've had thorns embedded <laughs> in your face, James, but it actually is a little bit worse than you think. So all of that happened, and then uh, I captured the moment of me taking it like a man while she dug thorns out of my face. So, why were you even out there? Like, why did you see these berry bushes and drive through them? Why didn't you just not go in the berry bushes? Uh, well... <laughs> this is where the story falls apart. It didn't seem like that big of a deal at first blush. Once I got... I just thought it was like one vine that was hanging... Like, blackberries, and if you've picked berries, you know, they don't grow straight up. Like, they sort of whip over. So they, they kind of lean in. And when we're driving by, one can catch, like if you're wearing long sleeves, it tries to rip your clothes off. Like these things are evil. But I thought, ah, it's just one vine. Surely I can just move that out of the way. But apparently it was more than one vine and uh, they had it in for me, James. And once again, once I got through it the first time, I thought I wouldn't have to deal with them on the way back, but the path was washed out. So I had to deal with them on the way back. And that's where my ingenuity got the worst of me. Did you consider just going out there and eating the berries rather than trying to run them over? Maybe, you know, not activating their self-defenses? We said, oh God, all you have to do is get within the same area code and it activates their defenses. No, the berries stopped producing probably mid-June, maybe oh. late June. So, so berry season is a short window, and we I got a lot. Like, I definitely picked... Uh, the berries paid me back for all the previous pain. This <laughs> one they're going to owe me for. But also, we've spent the last year trying to beat them back so we can reclaim our land. There are still parts of the ranch, and this was one of them that we haven't been on in almost a year, that are still wild. And so the forest and the berries are reclaiming those. And what is your end game? So you've, you bought nature so you could go in and defeat nature 
And then is it just going to be like a suburban lot? Or what? what, what is the end game <laughs> suburban here? Suburban lot. Jesus. As I sit here and look out the window at uh, our huge pile of wood and scrap, and uh, that over there is the smoking hot female turkey decoy laying on her side getting <laughs> overgrown with weeds because I haven't had to use her in a while because the turkeys are everywhere now. But, no, it'll only, when we're done, we're going to... Out of 140 acres, we'll have maybe 25 that are manicured and mostly around the house. And then I have a shooting range, and then I'm going to make another shooting range. But <laughs> the rest, uh, we have 60 acres, no, 80 acres of forest. And so I guess if you do the math, that leaves about 35 acres of, like, unkempt prairie that... Uh, we, we know where the deers bed down, so we leave that alone. Like, they need the tall grass for cover, so we kind of leave their their house where it is. And then there's a few parts, like the one with the that we were going to, that we really can't get to with a mower or a bush hog. So those will just go wild, and we'll let nature have those as well. Two shooting ranges, Steve? Two? Yeah, well, one's going to be for trap shooting. Oh, okay, so they're, they're different. Gotcha. Yeah. Man, it's like you're, you're raising an arsenal over there. And in the meantime, you can't even deal with, with berries. If you had been armed, Steve, maybe you could have defended yourself. I was armed. <laughs> I, God. You know, the funny thing is, so I'm bleeding. And uh, we have armadillos that are just ripping the crap out of our property. So once in a while, I'll take the gun, like the rifle out and go looking for armadillos. So far, I've shot at about 20 of them. I've hit one. Like, I'm not the best shot in the world, James. But the point is, I also have my pistol with me because you never know what's out there. And as I'm driving back, my shirt soaked in blood and bleeding, a freaking armadillo has the gall to be just do-do-do-do-do across the path where I'm driving. And I took the gun out, and I shot at it, and I missed. And it went into the woods. But that's how angry I was, James. I just took it out on nature, and I didn't even get rewarded with the satisfaction of landing a shot. One of my goals in life is to see an armadillo <laughs> in the wild. Like, honestly, like every time we drive anywhere south of where we are now, because in theory, they're in southern Indiana, they're in Missouri, they're in southern Illinois. I've never seen one. I've seen them dead on the side of the road, never seen a living one. And you there are benefiting from nature's abundance. These mad, majestic, <laughs> magical creatures are just wandering around your property and you shoot at them. I, uh, First of I, all, if they didn't want to get shot at, they wouldn't be armadillos. That's my theory, James. But second, apparently this year has been a bumper year for armadillos. Like one of uh, one of the guys I know in town we were talking about, and he said, I've never seen armadillos or snakes like this year. And I said, well, I've been shooting at the armadillos. And he lit up. He went, ooh, me too. I've got 13 so far. How many have you got? And I said, well, uh, just one. And he said, uh, and I said, but I give him a sporting chance because I take a 22 and I'm not that good of a shot. So I've shot at about 20 of them and I've only hit one. And he went, oh. And I said, how many have you shot at? He said, I use a 22 also and I've shot at 13 of them. I don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. But the point is, they are they are freaking everywhere, man. And the, the herd has to get thinned. So he's doing his part. At some point, I'm going to get like a machine gun or something to try to hit one of these damn things. But I have been trying to hit the armadillos. And uh, it's not like they take off running when they see me coming. They sort of hold still and I still can't hit them. <laughs> what do you do with it when you shoot it? The one that I shot, I so the one that I shot was 
sort of on the edge of the woods. Okay. So I left it there. I came back the next day, and something had eaten. So I actually felt okay about this because something was able to benefit from the kill. Something had eaten the entire armadillo except his shell, his forearms, and his head. So he was like a perfect armadillo minus the armadillo. It was the <laughs> weirdest looking thing. But something got a good meal out of it, so that was good. Don't they carry leprosy? Yes. They are one of only two animals that are affected, I guess, that are vulnerable to leprosy, humans being the other, of course. Spectacular. So when you get, well, I guess if you do get leprosy from your armadillo wars, you're already kind of isolated in your own little colony there. <laughs> so you, you can just eat armadillos, shoot your own food, and just everybody will leave you alone. And finally, the world will have what it wants, which is to be rid of you. I, I think this is a good plan, and I endorse everything you're doing. I don't know that the armadillos on the ranch here have leprosy. But I do know they are apparently carrying a force field around with them that 22 bullets cannot penetrate. I mean, it seems like the safest place to be in when you're shooting is directly in front of you. Like, whatever you're <laughs> aiming at, that's what you're not going to hit. That's, that's good. It I'm... is vexing to me, man. I try to figure it out. I try, well, do I have to aim lower? Like, does the barrel jump when I shoot? Maybe. The, uh, Did... the guy that had 13 kills said, you're not supposed to wrap your finger. And those are going to be the winning Powerball numbers on Saturday. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I, that's, I just uh, the story kind of coasts to a stop from here, James. I've given you probably the financial tip of the century. And uh, I, I was glad to share it with everybody so that we can all join in the buffet, the bountiful buffet of money that will come cascading in from my tip. Yeah, I'm definitely going to cut that out so nobody else gets it. <laughs> 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 all right but anyway so that's my life james it's all about uh just trying to stay one step ahead of you think i'm gonna say nature here but it's not it's the evil spirits that occupy rattlesnake ranch do you remember what your life was like before you got there i mean yeah. not immediately before like basically as soon as you voluntarily dehoused yourself because i recall you <laughs> being in a basement that was flooding with fire ants and all sorts of stuff but like before that you used to just leave a normal life or lead a normal life in a house like a person and look at you now you know what's funny i'll get like the facebook memories i'm sure you get them too and i'll look at the pictures from two years ago or a year ago a year ago we were here so or we were actually in the basement but the point is I, I was talking about this with uh, Mrs. Steve the other day. When we lived, we had uh, two houses before this one, Olivas Manor, which uh, mm. was the big house. And then we had another house that we basically lived in for our kids' whole lives. And uh, I never went outside. Like, I, I would mow the grass, and then I wouldn't mow the grass. We just paid a kid in the neighborhood to come mow the grass. Like, I wouldn't even go outside to mow the darn lawn. And once in a while, I would take a folding chair out and sit in the driveway. And uh, I never really talked to the neighbors. And I never did anything other than be in the house or be at work. And now it's like I'm rarely in the house. Like I'm outside all the time doing one thing or another or just sitting on the back porch watching the deers and the turkeys try to peacefully coexist, rarely successfully, up at the feeder. Like I love the pace here. I'm never in a hurry here. Like, uh, I, I just love the way that life unfolds out here in the middle of nowhere. You are a liar. You're going to sit what? here and tell me you don't hurry when 
earlier in this very same broadcast, you were talking about rushing through berry bushes and then rushing what? back with blood <laughs> coming down your face, shooting at armadillos on the way, or when you're mowing and shooting at snakes, jumping up at your mower. You are constantly in a hurry and under attack. Uh, well, I'm in a hurry because I'm under attack once in a while, but in general, like in the 8% of the time where nature's not trying to kill me, I, I feel pretty good and pretty relaxed. Uh, you would know nothing about it, given your lifestyle, James, your 27 children. But uh, once you have an empty nest and you have a little bit of property, life slows down and it gets sort of nice. I look forward to the news article where you finally die from leprosy or a rattlesnake bite. <laughs> And I'm just going to send a bouquet of flowers to your funeral that says, I oh. told you so. Yes. Oh. it's in a, Yeah. It, it, and it, I, maybe it won't be a bouquet of flowers. Maybe it'll be like a box of turds. I don't know. I, I, got to, I have time to think. Maybe, maybe it will be just an entire box of glitter so I can follow you into the afterlife. Your coffin will be filled with glitter long after you have decayed to dust. I, I've got some time to think about it, but not too much time. Because every week somehow, you're in more danger than the last. <laughs> I did lose blood this week. That's a first out here. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I, I do appreciate, though, that when you're in pain, you you text mm -hmm. me first. I'm glad that that is what's going on. Because I have been, well, I, I guess I don't think I texted you when I was dying from my appendix attack. Did I? Maybe not. Maybe you just saw it on Twitter. But if no, I didn't. I saw it, yeah, I saw it yeah. on your social media. I should well. To be fair, I barely even told my parents I was dying. Like I was, I was in a lot of pain. And I was, uh, I was, I was not uh, necessarily making updates in the correct order to the correct people. But I promise, if a plant ever tries to take me out, you'll be the first one to know. Uh, but don't be expecting that text because I don't go outside, so it's not going to happen. Yeah. See, you're a typical suburbanite. And the only reason I texted you is because I didn't have Lola's number. Otherwise, I'd have just gone right to the source. Go straight. I mean, she gets more joy out of, it, out of it than I do. But I guess I think she's rooting for you, and I'm rooting against you. So we've got we've got different motivations to get excited. Like she, I think she legitimately wishes you well, which is because she's only talked to you like twice. Like she's very confused about who you are and what you're about. I what what? And see, I'm and it's pretty transparent. And it's pretty, the problem is that, you know, being my wife, she naturally thinks I'm wrong. And so when I tell her that you're an awful uh, human being, she assumes uh, you must be okay. And so she doesn't understand that you, in fact, are as bad as I say you what? are. I, everything tracks that she's been talking about here. Not, not even a little bit, but that's, uh, uh, I gotta say, of all the things I thought would take you out on my... On my Rattlesnake Ranch bingo card, Blackberry <laughs> Attack was not anywhere on there. I like to keep everyone on their toes a little bit. So just when you think it gets predictable, there's no way it's predictable. So I, I got to admit, though, I, I was kind of surprised myself. Like, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, that's how they get you. It's, uh, it's like a raptor attack, not from the front, but from the side, from the berry bush you didn't even know was there. Yeah. Yeah, I do worry about mountain lions out here, too, because they get you from behind also. You are you are in danger from every direction. Well, I look forward to the mountain lion attack in the near future. <laughs> That's probably what ate that armadillo. Uh, I don't know. We have a lot of buzzards. We have a lot of coyotes. We have foxes. Like, there's a number of things that could have got it. 
Such is the mystery of Rattlesnake Ranch. Well, I don't know what time we're at, but I'm assuming we've got to be in the neighborhood of close. We uh, we had to cut out a middle there, the middle a bit, because you know you told everybody how to get rich, and I was very upset and jealous at that. <laughs> so you went back and did a little post, yes, post production. All right. Well, I will let everybody go on that high note. And uh, as James continues to fumble through his technology with two oven mitts for hands, we will try to get back next week, provided A, both of us are alive, and B, James can find some time in his busy techno world metaverse. And that's where he and all of his age mates live. But I'll always be here using my dinosaur technology on two (laughs) cell phones because one apparently isn't enough for me and James. But until we meet again, until we come face to phone and you find out what's going wrong in James Breakwell's life because my life has been touched by the hand of God, I am Steve, Dr. Steve Elias, and he is James, the exploding unicorn Breakwell, saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, two wrongs can make a right.